All right, well, as you uh, get seated, if you would turn in your Bibles uh, to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12 is, uh, is a passage and a topic that I have uh, been wrestling with personally for quite a while now and excited to uh, jump into that, so please get turned uh, over there. And as you're doing that, uh, listen to these. Okay, listen to these. You've got a new initiative to pitch to the big wigs at work, and the presentation is tomorrow morning. Your husband puts pressure on you to have a spotless house at all times. The dog had to go to the vet twice this month, but you've already maxed out your budget on the vacation this summer. Your child had a horrible first week of school and now seems to be shutting down socially. You look in the mirror every morning and you hate what you see. Your in-laws are getting older and you're the only family around to take care of them. You wake up in the middle of the night obsessing with how to take care of that problem, whatever it might be. You're a single parent. You're trying to work two jobs and be there for the kids and raise them well. You're a student. You're trying to stay on top of all your homework and the workload just seems like Mount Everest. You're single and lonely, and it just seems like that's never going to change. Okay, each of these examples are, are real-life situations uh, that cause us anxiety. They cause us anxiety, you know, where life's pressures just build and build and mount, and this fear and worry and dread builds up to the point where we are just Stressed. We're stressed. Anxiety is a major issue for us these days. Would you agree with that? Would you say that that is a fair statement uh, to make? I mean, it's, it's, again, like I said earlier, it's something that I certainly wrestle with. Okay, interestingly enough, I finished writing this message on Thursday afternoon sometime and had uh, followed with two kind of uneasy, anxious, uh, sleepless nights. We all struggle with it. We all uh, wrestle with this. And what I've noticed kind of about myself, and I think um, many of us, is that we either tend to just kind of put up with it, or we just, uh, we just accept this as, a, as an everyday kind of part of life, and we deal with it, and we label it something that's kind of acceptable, like stress. And some of us maybe even wear that as a badge of honor. It's because my job's important. It's because I have purpose, and, and stress is just going to come along uh, with it. We either do that or... Or some of us, we know it's not real good, and we try to get beyond it, and we're working. We've, we've tried to implement some things that would help us, but we, we don't really know what to do, and none of it seems to be uh, working. Right? So what do we do? What do we do? How, you know, how can we get to the place where we can legitimately, genuinely overcome anxiety and, and, and actually honor the Lord and obey him with how we react to life's problems? How, do, how can we get to that place? Because are the problems, are they going away anytime soon? No, like not, not this side of eternity, that's for sure. Well, this whole topic, this whole thing is the uh, very issue that our, our passage addresses uh, today. And I think it's just so amazing that the Lord would be so good, that he would show his love and his care for us, that he would deal with this in Scripture, that he would have a word for us uh, about this. And I think this is a thing that, uh, that many of us need to hear 
You know, again, we're, we're starting off a, a new ministry year. You're, you're back from the vacations. The, the kids are in school. You've had a bunch of days to kind of get accustomed to all of that. And now it is time to kind of dig in and, and start fresh. And that's what I'm trusting God has for you today. An opportunity for you to lay your anxieties um, at his feet. And so what we're going to do here now is we're going to read this, Luke chapter 12. If you would stand with me now, we're going to honor the Lord um, as we read this, starting in verse 22. These are the words of Jesus. It says, And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow uh, sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? If then you're not able to do a small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies. How they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not think, and do not seek what you are to eat, and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let's pray. Lord God, we come before you today just recognizing um, how we really struggle with anxiety. Lord, for some of us, maybe we don't even realize how much. It's become such a part of the fabric of our everyday life that we've just kind of learned to put up with it. Lord, you tell us very clearly here, do not be anxious. Lord, it is a a direct command. And God, I pray that as we come here today and as we... Um, submit ourselves to your word and your wisdom, Lord, that you would encourage us, Lord, that you would give us strength, Lord, that you would overcome our anxiety, Lord, that you would show us some of the things that we can do, some of the heart changes that need to take place in our hearts, in our lives, in our, in our families, Lord, so that we would not be anxious anymore. Instead, we would trust you, that we would not be counted among those who have little faith, Lord, but great faith, because we understand that you are a great God and that you've got our backs, Lord, you love us. So God, help us now as we work through this text. Encourage us again, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks. You can take your seats. Now, okay, I don't know about you, but uh, when I come across um, this verse that says, uh, do not be anxious about your life, that's in verse 22, uh, my first thought, okay, and this has probably got some flesh uh, for sure mixed into that, is A, Easier said than done, right? Easier said than done. I, I, I wish I could uh, not be anxious. Okay, that's my first thought. B, my second thought is um, I have utterly failed to obey this. 
right? I've utterly failed to obey this, and I've done it like a billion times. And so I'm kind of starting here uh, behind the eight ball, not a great position, uh, not a position of strength, right? Because I am, I am disobeying a direct command, and, and, it, and that's sin, of course. And then it would appear that I have absolutely zero ability within myself uh, to fix this, right? How encouraging, right? How, how good is it to come here today and to hear that, right? Good start for sure. Well, here, I want to tell you this. Yeah, that's exactly where Jesus wants you. You realize that? He, he totally wants you in that position. When you accept the reality of your situation, you don't have the strength to fix this. You do not have the ability within yourself to overcome your anxieties and become strong uh, in this area. He wants us to, come to, to accept our complete weakness and failure. Why? Why would he want us to be in that place? That's not very comfortable. Well, it's because in that position of, of humility... Is, is where the Lord will begin to work in you, where he will begin to give you his strength, where, where by his grace he will transform you and, 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 and take you to a new place and work through your, your fears, this, this life that's just so often dominated by, by anxiety. And I know many of you would feel that. And so you might be thinking, well, okay, great. Like, I'm, I'm looking for the pathway here. How do we get out of this? How do we crawl out of this hole, this, this pit, and, and get to a good place? Well, we've got four things that we're going to be uh, going through here this morning. This is how we can overcome anxiety. Here's the first thing. How do I overcome anxiety? Well, it's when I realize uh, that there's more to life than I'm making of it. There's just flat out more to life than I'm making of it. Okay, take a look at verse 22. And again, these are... The words of Jesus Christ here, and it says this. He said to his disciples, therefore, okay, stop right there. Hey, therefore, okay, now whenever you see that word, therefore, you kind of know that that's a clue, right? And you've heard maybe the pastoral, the pastor phrase before. Whenever you see the word, therefore, you need to ask what it's there for, right? And so, it, it, again, it's a clue for you uh, to figure out, what, you know, what, what's he really saying here and what's, what's happening? Well, well, that word, therefore, is telling us that what is about to be said is based upon what's just been said previously. And it's a reminder that the context of what of, uh, of, of Scripture is so important. We don't just want to isolate verses and, and forget that, the, that what's being said around that will illuminate meaning for us. Okay, and so you may be like wondering, okay, what's the... What's the context here? Well, he's referring to here the, the parable of the rich fool. Parable of the rich fool. It starts in uh, verse 13 and goes down to verse 21. You'll see that uh, right in your Bible there uh, before the passage that we're reading. So we're kind of jumping in like halfway through the story. We're looking at the second half, the back half of the story. And you can read that first part on your own time. But essentially what's happened here is that Jesus has shared a parable. And he shared it with the crowd and with his disciples, and he's, he's told them the story of the rich fool, um, this guy who, who foolishly accumulates wealth and, and possessions for himself, as though those things were the be-all and end-all of life. He's like, man, I've, I've got it all, and I've got it made, and I have all this grain, and I have more. Where am I going to store? Well, I'm going to tear down these old barns. I'm going to build new barns, and I'm going I'm to kick back and enjoy the easy life. He says, fool, okay, fool, life is not about 
self. It is not about the things that we accumulate. And so he's warning us, he's warning his, his people of the dangers of investing in those things most of all. And so again, he shares that uh, with the crowd as a parable. And then what he does next in our section is he gathers in his, his crew. He kind of like has the huddle with his disciples. He's like, now I'm going to tell you what this really means. I'm going to unpack this even deeper uh, for you. And so he says in verse 24, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Do not be anxious about your life. Specifically, what are you talking about, Jesus? What do you mean? Specifically, he says, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For, and then you need to underline this. This is so key. He says, life is more than food. Life is more than food, and the body more, more than clothing. So what's Jesus mean by this? What's he saying? Well, what he's doing here is he's, he's telling us the crux of our problem, isn't he? Okay, the core reason that you and I are, are plagued by anxiety, and for many of us it's on a daily basis, it's because we have made life all about something other than what life is supposed to be about. We really have. Our, our focus, our, our drive, you know, our, our heart and what that's going after, our, our mind and what we think about, our, our will, the drive, the, the orientation of all of those things has begun geared towards something that Christ says will only end up causing you anxiety in the end. It's like that's the problem. If life and, and our purpose and our passions and our desires are not fundamentally and ultimately about Jesus Christ, they will be about something else. And those things will always, always rob us of peace. They always will. And so what he does here with the disciples is he gives them a specific example. It's an example they're going to be able to easily relate to. He gives them the examples of food and clothing. Food and clothing, does that sound familiar to you at all? And Jesus is like, hey, there's, there's just flat out more to life than these things. There really is. Okay, but think about it, right? Put yourself in the shoes of the disciples. Who were many of these guys before they started following him? Many of them were fishermen, right? And, and, they, and they gave, that wasn't like this, you know, glamorous thing, right? It wasn't. It's not like they had a lot. These guys weren't wealthy. But what little they had, they gave up. To follow Jesus. And so if you think about it, you might be able to kind of understand their concern a little bit here. It would have been really easy for them to think like, oh man, like where's our next meal coming from? You know, some of them for sure would have had families and they're, and they're trying to process and think through like, how, how am I going to provide for them? How am I going to take care of them? We're just kind of walking around talking to people with Jesus here. That doesn't exactly um, get you wealth. And they're wondering about all of this. And Jesus is like, just straight up, he's like, don't worry about it. He's like, he's like don't be anxious. You don't, you don't need to stress about these things. Like, I, I've got you covered. There's far more to this life that I have called you to than those things. It's not to say that those things aren't important. Food, clothing, do we need them? Absolutely. But should they become the drive of our life? Absolutely not. Not according to Christ. Right? And we're no different than the disciples. We get spun out about all kinds of things. And, and, and the whole time, we're just missing the point. We're missing everything that Christ has for us. Again, he has so much more in store than the things that we tend to get ourselves tied in a knot over. 
He wants to satisfy, I mean truly satisfy our, our deepest inner longings with his awesome presence. You know, when you long for things like money and wealth or comfort, do you know that that's your heart saying, I, I want more? It, it's, your, it's your heart showing you that you need something more and, and those things will never satisfy. Only Jesus does. And it should show us that, that something's off. We need Christ. He wants to give us his presence. He wants to, to transform our hearts. He wants to transform us from the inside out. You realize that what God wants to do with you is heal your life. He wants, he wants to heal you from the foolish things that you've done, from the sinful choices that you have made. He wants to transform you powerfully. He wants to give you spiritual gifts. He wants to give you purpose. He wants to give you courage and use you in the church, use you in other people's lives. Again, he wants to radically change you. He wants to do it all by his glorious grace. Do we deserve it? No. Can we earn those things? No. But it's because God loves us that he wants to do this in us. Would we make that our focus? I mean, much of the time, we're, we're not really thinking about those things, are we? We're caught up with the cares of the world. You know, we're consumed more by, you know, how, how can I pay for the new deck that I put in my backyard this summer? Right? Those are the things that stress us out. Those are the things that we're anxious over. We have anxiety because we've missed the point. We're just like the disciples. We're just like this rich fool. We're consumed by other pursuits, food, clothing. For you, it might be your, your kid's education. You know, saving up for retirement. It might be moving to a, to a house with more property. We need more of those things. And they've consumed your thinking. It's, it's climbing the corporate ladder. It's the pursuit of pleasure. It's getting married. It's having a better marriage. Again, not bad things. But one of the things we have to really guard ourselves is when good things become God things. And that's the problem. That's what the Lord is warning us for, from here today. Jesus just tells us straight up. He's like, that's, that's not why I've created you. That's not the purpose that I have for your life. But it's oftentimes the things that our hearts long for. Because our hearts are messed up, right? This is what we've made life all about. And that's why we are so anxious. That's why we're so stressed and, and concerned and, and, and fearful. So hey, the first step here, you want, you want to get over anxiety? The, the first thing here is realizing that Christ has more for you. The things that you're stressed about is not what life is supposed to be all about. And, and you've got to realize that. You've got to recognize that. And, it's, and you've got to desire more. You've got to desire the Lord. He has more in store and so for you, what I would challenge you, what I would encourage you, start to, start to identify what are those things in my life? What, what are the pursuits of my heart? What are the things that my, my family is going after? What is it that I want? What is it that I think about? It, how, you know, what are the things that I spend my money on and use my free time up on? What are they? And, and then I would also say we, we need to repent of these things. We, we need to apologize to the Lord and say, God, I've made life about things that, that you say it's not all about. Would you forgive me? Would you, would you come in and meet, meet me where I'm at and begin to, to change the desires of my heart and the focus of my life? Ask the Lord to, to reorient your drive, what you're going for. He wants to do it because there's way more to life than this. Okay, second thing. I will overcome anxiety when I reflect on, on how the Lord constantly, constantly supplies my needs. 
Okay, take a look at verse 24. We're going to read a chunk of this here. Look at this. He says, Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then, you're not able to do a small thing as that. Hey, is that a small thing for us? No, it's a huge thing. We can't add an hour. He's saying this is a small thing for God. He's like, I'm bigger than any of this. I could do that if I, if I wanted to. But if you can't even do a small thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, the great king of Israel, the wisest man who ever lived, riches beyond riches, in all his glory he was not arrayed as one of these, as one lily. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow it's thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? But I love that word there, consider. You should highlight that in your Bible. It says it twice there in verse 24 and verse 27. That word consider, it means to think carefully about. Think carefully about. Okay, so much of our anxiety and our worry in life comes um, from failing to reflect carefully on all the ways that the Lord has taken care of us. Right? Have you ever done that? Have you ever just stopped and thought, like, even this week alone, how has the Lord protected you as you've driven to work? How, how has the Lord answered your prayers with your kids this week at school? There's a lot, of, a lot of worry, a lot of anxiety with all of that. But the Lord, he came through and he's challenging my, my kids and he's, he's comforting them and he's comforting me as well. The Lord continues to take care of us. And so much of our anxiety comes because we fail to think about that. And, okay, and we fail to, to consider and think deeply and realize and trust. That he's going to continue to take care of us from this point onwards. He's not going to forget about us. He's not going to bail on us. Right? It says, oh, you of little faith. Oh, you of little faith. You don't even think about it. You don't even, you don't even realize how great and how mighty I am. That's what Jesus is saying. He's like, I've, I've got you. And the Lord constantly supplies my needs. Constantly. He never doesn't supply our needs. He always, he always has. He always will. Right? It's a promise. It's, it's guaranteed. You can take it to the bank. He's never going to fail in that department. Okay, and what you, uh, you and I see here in these verses, as we, as we kind of read through this, as we look at this, we really see the heart of our Savior, don't we? We see his love and care for us as he gathers us in as his children. And I want you to just think about this. Think about ravens for a sec. Okay, think about ravens. You know, they're, they're those birds that you hear squawking outside your bedroom window at like, what, 4, 5 a.m.? It's like always on a Saturday morning. Right, you're like, I hate these things. Right, you drive by and, and you see them eating roadkill. Right, ravens are just, they're a gritty bird. Right, they're kind of gross. Like, like no one's saying, hey, ravens are my favorite animal. Right, they're, they're at the bottom of everyone's list. They, they belong in like the, the pigeon and seagull category. Right, the worst. The worst. And yet look what the Lord says. He says, if I take care of them... Okay, how much more am I going to take care of you? How much more am I going to take care of you? You're the ones, you're the ones whom I value. Right? You are the ones whom I love. Who, you're the ones who I am going to the cross for. You're the ones I'm giving up my life for. 
And then what does he do? He mentions lilies. Okay, any ladies in the house who love lilies? Right, you love that, and you would just love your, your husband to bring those home, or some kind of a flower, and it just it means so much to you uh, when that happens. They're beautiful, right? Beautiful flowers, amazing the intricacies and, and, and the creation of God, and how, how creative he was in that. But hey, let's be clear. They're just flowers, right? Jesus himself is saying that here. He's like, if, if I care about them, right, one second they're alive, the next second we're chucking them in an oven and burning them. Right? That, that, that's the way it goes. He's like, imagine how much more so I care about you. I care about you. I care way more about how you're clothed. I care way more about the food in your belly. I care way more about the roof over your head. Your needs, I've got them. I've got them. And the point he's making here is that, that ravens and lilies, they don't need to work at all. To, to be fed or, or to look a certain way, but the Lord provides for them. How many of us were working so hard to make sure that we are fed and, and all of our eggs are kind of in that pursuit basket? Right? We're going for that. How much more so is God going to supply our needs if he takes care of kind of a gross bird and a little flower that has a short lifespan? Hey, what is God telling us? He's telling us to focus on what matters. Focus on the things that really matter. He's going to take care of the rest. Okay, and all of these things, he's like, don't just give them a passing thought. Don't just be like, oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I guess he'll do that. No, he's like, consider, right? He uses the word twice. Think deeply about it. Meditate on these things. Rattle it around. Think deeply about it. But how he cares for you and how he will care for you. And, and as the focus of your heart begins to shift and you start to realize, wow, the Lord really does love me. And I, I so needed that reminder. I need to really think about the ways that God has done that. What's going to happen to your anxiety? Your anxiety is going to start to melt away because your trust in the Lord is going to grow. And you're going to see those things begin to disappear. Right? Awesome stuff. Third thing. I will overcome anxiety when I seek Christ's lordship above my own. I seek Christ's lordship. Verse 29. Take a look at that. He says, and do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. Okay, worried like another word for anxious. Okay, for all the nations of the world, in other words, pagans, right? They seek after these things, and your father knows that you need them. So again, it's a, it's a reiteration of what he's been saying. He's continued to encourage them. He's like, don't chase after the food and, and drink. Don't make your, you know, that your life's ultimate pursuit. That's not what it's about. Don't, don't worry about where this stuff's going to come from. Again, an unbelieving world, that's their focus. I have more in store for you. I have more planned for you. I'm your, I'm your God. I know you need this stuff. You're not going to get everything that you want, but you're going to get what you need. I will take care of you. And so up to this point, what we see here is the Lord, the Lord telling us what not to focus on. He's like, stay away from these pursuits. Stay away from this type of, of chase. These things grip our hearts, and they, they ultimately lead to anxiety. And you might be thinking, well, why? Why do we get so anxious when we think about these types of things? Well, it's because our hearts weren't designed to have these things grip them. Right? That's not why the Lord created us. They, those things that we get anxious about were never designed to satisfy. So, okay, if we're not to be seeking after those things... And they cause us to become these like, tightly wound balls of stress and anxiety. What, what should our focus be? 
right? Where should we have this aimed? What should we seek? Okay, well, verse 31, what does he say? He says, instead, seek his kingdom. Okay, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, another, another vein of anxiety, fear. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Okay, this is, this is crucial that we understand this church. Okay, it really, it really is. It's so important. Okay, first, what does it mean to seek his kingdom? What's it mean to seek that? Well, it doesn't mean to seek like a location. Okay, you might be thinking like, a, like an actual place. He's not talking about going to heaven or something like that. That's not what he means by kingdom in this instant. Okay, rather, it means, it means seek God's rule over your life. Seek God's rule. It means, it means welcome God's authority into your life. Would you welcome that? Our flesh hates that. We want authority. We want rule. We want to be God. He's like, you want to see the anxiety go? Welcome his authority. Let's be clear, because this is really the heart of it here. Again, you wonder why stress has got you up at night, and you're struggling, and you're wondering, why am I waking up, and why am I so concerned about this? And it's got you stewing in turmoil constantly, and you feel that. Why? Well, it's because on, on a heart level, you know, somewhere functionally speaking, in some way, you are Lord of your life. You are Lord. Now, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, that should hit you like a ton of bricks. It should. That you are Lord? If you have anxiety, that's why, in some way, he is not ruling over your heart. Being anxious and, and stressed, it's evidence, it's, it's proof that, that your trust is not in Christ. And the focus of your heart, the aim of your pursuits, all of that is you. And what you want, it's your kingdom. And what you think will make you happy. Again, you've made life about things that Jesus says, they're just never going to satisfy you. It's never going to be it. You want to go after those things? Anxiety will always follow. It'll always lead to some kind of worry and dread and concern and nervousness and fear and angst. Because God didn't create you and I to be the center of the universe. He didn't. All of us in our flesh, we place ourselves at the, at the center of the universe. But that's not why we're here. Jesus is at the center of the universe. The Lord is. God is. You know, we're most at peace. We are, we are most satisfied. We are most filled with joy when, when God is Lord over everything. When he is Lord you know, again, if you seek your kingdom, if you seek your desires, if you seek your ways above all else, and we all do, again, in certain ways, that's what our flesh does. We're, we're all warped by sin. It's, it's always going to lead to anxiety. We're always going to battle that. Again, so the pathway towards overcoming this and, and getting out of this type of cycle requires a heart that has surrendered self-lordship and submits to Christ's lordship. Have you done that? Look, and as you do, look what happens here. Verse 31. It says, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. 
It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Listen, so many of us and so many people, they're searching after things like wealth, for example. They're going after that. That is their life's aim. That is their desire. And they never really get it. And because of that, they're always anxious. So we can seek after things that we're never going to get. We're never promised we're going to have. Jesus says here, you seek my kingdom, I'm giving it to you. It's going to be yours. That's my good will. I want, I want to do it. He graciously gives us his lordship. I'm not going to hold back on that. That's the best thing for you. I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you. It shows us that, that true anxiety-crushing satisfaction comes when, when we're more about Christ's kingdom than our own. Awesome. Right? I love that. But wait, he's not done here. On top of that, I love this. This is like the cherry on top. He says, verse 31, and these things, okay, these things will be added to you. These things will be added to you. So the food, the clothing, the needs that you have, he's like, I'm going to toss those in as well for free. It's because I love you. Only this time, this time, these things won't rule your heart. These things won't dominate your thinking and your, your passions and your pursuit because they'll have their proper place in your life. I will be Lord. I will be God over your life. These things will fall in, you know, behind all of that and bring you the proper type of satisfaction that they're supposed to. I will be bringing you true satisfaction. Boom. That's what I have to say. You know, I don't know about you, church, but that's what I want. Right? I'm sick of waking up in the middle of the night. You know, I'm sick of dreading life. Are you? Are you tired of that yet? We need to submit ourselves to Christ's rule. Lord, you have your way. Come in. Come show me the sweetness of that. May that change from something that I fear to something that I embrace. That's what I want for my life. That's what I want for you as well. That's what I want for our church. Do you want that? Do you want that for your heart? Do you want that for your weary minds? Do you want that for your families? Surrender to Christ's lordship. Listen, some of you are, are here today and you've never done that. You've never surrendered your life to Christ. And you need to understand that, that to get what we're talking about today, where we, to get to the, the peace, the joy, the, the fulfillment in Christ alone, you need to get into a relationship with God. You, under, you need to know that there is a huge stumbling block in the way of that. It's called your sin. Your sin has all been against God 100%. It's all against him. And, and it has put a barrier in place. You can't be in a relationship with him because sin's in the way. Realize here this morning that that's the entire reason Jesus went to the cross. It's because of you. It's because he wants to rescue you from what's in the way. He wants to forgive you of your sin. He wants to heal you from all of those things. Would you realize, would, that, would you believe that today? That Jesus went to the cross to forgive your sins. If you would just admit that to him, if you would, if you would believe it, you would ask him to be your savior, you're a Christian. You are his and he, he is yours forever. One of the things I, I always love to say is if you have questions about that and something's not clear, I mean, I covered that pretty quickly. That's going to that's gonna bring up questions for some of you. You have questions about it? Come talk to us, please. Have a conversation with me. Ask. Find out more. What does it mean to be in a relationship with the Lord? Last thing here. I will overcome anxiety when I value 
the eternal over the temporal. I value the eternal over the temporal. Okay, having an eternal perspective, it's something uh, that we talk about sometimes. Having an eternal perspective and being less concerned with things of a temporal nature kind of happens as a result of, of you surrendering to Christ's lordship. So once you do that and you're like, all right, Lord, have your way. What's going to happen here is, is your desires and what you're preoccupied in begins to change. You're like, I, I want the kingdom. I want what Jesus is all about. I want eternal things, not temporal things. And so what we're talking about here builds on what we've just said. How does that play itself out? Well, verse 33. Verse 33 says, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Hey, when, when Christ really has your heart and, and he's informing what you really want, he's changing your desires, what, what, what begins to happen is you start, you, you just hold loosely to the things that you used to hold tightly to. Okay, all of the stuff, all of the things, all the things you accumulate, the wealth, the, the whatever it might be, you're like, I just don't really care about that stuff anymore. And, and I don't go after it the way that I used to. And your heart begins to change because the Holy Spirit is working in you, and you're like, you know what? I care much more about what others have. I care much more about their good. And I want them to be blessed. And so you hold loosely to your stuff. And you're like, here, you have it. If that's going to bless you, take it. I know people who just love to give. And they love to, to support other people. And maybe it's selling something and giving it to them. Maybe it's, it's, it's money. I don't know what it might be for you. But that's a heart that's, that's consumed with the, the eternal over the, the temporal. You love the opportunity to bless others. They keep going here. What does it say? It says, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old. Hang on a second. You read something like that and you're like, isn't this kind of the opposite of what he's been talking about? Or he's talking, now he's talking about money bags and we need to go after that? We need to accu- What's he saying? Yeah, that's not what he's saying. Okay, this is a metaphor here. It's a metaphor. He's talking about a place where we store up treasure. That's what that's referring to. And he says here, it's with a, with a treasure in the, in the heavens that does not fail, where, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, great verse, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Okay, hopefully it's, it, it's clear to you by now that, that one of the reasons we have such high anxiety is because we value the wrong things. We value the wrong things. Again, a person who's, whose heart is in full submission to Jesus Christ thinks way more about heavenly treasure how can I go after those things? Things that will not disappear. Things that, that I can you know, bring with me. Things that are going to be waiting for me in heaven when the Lord calls me home. These rewards that Christ promises me when, when I obey him and, and when I pursue his kingdom. Storing up earthly treasures and, and again, going after selfish uh, desires. That's, that's just not a, it's not a priority anymore. And, and when those things aren't a priority, anxiety... It just seems like a distant memory. And maybe some of you, you have grown in your walks with the Lord. right? And you've seen when you were younger, you're like, I used to, I used to care so much about all this worldly thing. And, and as the Lord is working in my life and as he is encouraging me and he's growing me and he's transforming me, now I just care what he cares about. And you know what's amazing? I, I'm just not as anxious as I used to be. I, I used to fret and, 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 and freak out and, and be scared, to be quite honest, about where all that stuff was coming from and what was going to happen. Now I don't. The Lord is changing me. Love that. So good. That, that's my prayer for our church. That we would be so heavenly focused. That we would go after the things. We would be all about, like, Lord, transform me. 
Lord, would you have your way in my finances? Lord, would my marriage glorify you? When I serve my wife, would I serve my husband? Would, would, I, would I do that in a way that pleases you? Would I disciple my children? Would, would I serve at church and in my community, not just to check a box off, but because I love people, because Christ is giving me that heart, because I want to invest in them and get the, the eternal rewards that Christ talks about. As we, as we talk through all this stuff, do you sense your heart being like, yeah, that's what I want, right? That's what I want to go after. I sense the Lord stirring this up in me. But what I'm going to do now is I'm going to have the, the worship team uh, make their way up here. And uh, they are going to uh, lead us in a song. Um, but what you're going to do, what we're going to do is provide you an opportunity to respond uh, to what you've just heard. Respond to how the Lord may be speaking to you. You know, again, today is Launch Sunday, and a message like this, it's not random, okay? It's not like, well, I'll just open the Bible and talk from somewhere. No, it's intentional, because it's, it's, it's a chance for you to start fresh, to wipe the slate clean, and say, you know what? I want this year to be different. I want this year to be different. Some of you, you've had a brutal week. It has been tough. The cares of the world have, have creeped in. Again, they're dominating your thinking, dominating your emotions. You're like, I, 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 need to, I need to lay this down at the foot of the cross. Well, that's what this time is going to be for. We have a lot of room up here at the front. And as the band begins to play, we're going to invite you forward to come up and to just kneel down somewhere here. There's lots of room. There's tons of it. We have room for all of you. And for you, it's a chance to come forward and say, Lord, I need to confess that sin that's been getting in the way, that's been causing me anxiety. It's, Lord, I'm going to find help in that area where I've been trying to manage it on my own. Lord, I want to commit today for you to be Lord of my life. Is the Lord speaking to you? Is he, is he stirring that up in you? You might be like, Pastor, why do I have to come forward? Why can't I just do this in my seat? You can. But coming forward is just a visible way of showing, I'm trying to press into the Lord, right? It's like why we would raise our hands in worship. You're just like, you're asking the Lord to come near. It's a sign of humility to get down on your knees. It's a sign of, hey, I can't do this on my own. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of the stress. I'm tired of the anxiety. Would you do that today? Take courage. Would you humble yourself? Would you come forward? Once the song is, is done, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back up and I'm going to pray. And we're going to commit these things to the Lord. And I think what you're going to notice as the Lord blesses you is this is going to be a line in the sand kind of a moment for you. I, I'm going to put my stake in the ground. Enough anxiety. I'm sick of that crushing me. I'm sick of that affecting my mood and my attitude. I want to surrender it to you, Lord Jesus. So we're going to sing. You can come forward now.